Hello fellow story champions, my name is Simon Brooks. Welcome to Lindy Line, a story podcast. Here you will find old stories, some written by the likes of Kipling and Robert Louis Stevenson. Ancient folk and fairy tales retold for a modern audience of families and original short stories I have penned myself. I will be retelling some of the classic folk and fairy tales and some of the stories you may not be familiar with. I'm taking you around the world with these tales. And there will be some history too. You never know. Are you comfortable? Then sit back and listen. Once, when all creatures could understand one another and the realm of magic was as apparent as the swords worn and the fae were still seen sprinkling fairy dust into the eyes of those who were to see them, there were stories. Are you comfortable? Then sit back and listen. Recently, we took our daughter, Perry, to look at some colleges in much warmer places than New Hampshire right now. We also made a little side trip to the ocean, and this is what happened. Whilst I was away in sunny climes down south, I met up with a cousin of mine who had a sailboat. She used to be a pilot, but is retired. She's a bit older than me. It wasn't a huge sailboat. It was about 28 feet long. It had a sleeping quarters below deck, a galley kitchen and a bathroom where you bang your knees no matter what you're doing in there. My cousin, she said that Aidan, my son and I, could borrow it to take it out onto the ocean. Now I haven't sailed a boat like this in years. My dad used to have one when I was in my teens, but he couldn't afford to keep it. And Aidan has only sailed small dinghies. My cousin took us out to make sure that we could handle it and knew what we were doing. Then, after returning her to the dock, left us to it. We were only planning on being out in the water for a little while, maybe half the day, but we nearly ended up not coming back at all. Aidan and I took the boat out a ways and practised a little. Ready about, duck under the boom, and then we tried to sail in a straight line. It's not as easy as it seems. Once we felt comfortable and knew our limitations, we headed out towards a small island. There were few other boats out on the water, and they sped around to the hot spots where there were bars and music and the like. But this tree-covered island, it called out to us, and the wind was in the right direction, and it was away from the noise of motorboats and jet skis. The sound of motors and loud music faded away, and all we could hear with the birds and the slapping of water on the bow of the boat. The sailboat was called the Spirit, after the aeroplane, the Spirit of St. Louis, and it cut through the ocean like a knife. Occasionally the sail would slap and we would tighten the lines. At times the wind would pick up and the boat would lean over to one side and I would have Aidan sit on the gunwale whilst I held tight to the tiller. The gunwale is the top side edge of the boat, and the tiller is the handle, the wooden stick, if you will, used to steer it. It didn't have a wheel. And then I would let off the tiller or loosen the sail, and the boat would come back down again. When Aidan tried, he got the boat so far over, I thought he was going to capsize us, but he didn't. And we were only using the mainsail. We didn't use the jib, a smaller sail that goes in front of the mainsail. The island was on our left, on the port side of the boat. So Aidan began to circle around. We saw a bay and headed for that, loosening the sail so we slowed down. 
I was in the front, the bow of the boat, watching the depth and holding the anchor, ready to drop it. The water was so clear. And then I heard a voice call out. Looking up, I thought maybe there were some other people coming out of the woods and onto the beach. But I saw someone pulling themselves up onto a rock in the water. A woman. And she was singing. She waved to us, and I waved back, and Aidan called out, Hello! I looked down to see the ocean floor getting rapidly closer. Let go of the main sheet, I called out to Aidan and dropped the anchor. The main sheet is the rope which holds the mainsail tight to catch the wind, and I didn't want it catching any wind. He dropped the ropes and the sail swung out and the boat came to a slow stop, caught on the anchor and swinging around so that the stern, the back of the boat, faced the shore. We had not run aground, but it must have been close. I jumped out into the cool water and gasped, then dove below to see what sort of space we had beneath the keel. The water was that clear I could see it. There was not much space between the ocean floor and the keel. I popped up for some air and dove down again. I grabbed the anchor and, carrying it, walked beneath the surface out deeper and dropped it onto the ocean floor. I popped back up once more, took a deep breath and dove down again. I did this two more times. It was getting close to high tide and if we were going to spend much time there on that beach, on that little island, I did not want the tides to go out and be left run aground. When I popped up for the last time, Aidan was still sitting in the stern and was talking to the woman. She had this sing-song voice, but not an annoying one. There was something about it. It was musical, almost hypnotising. I looked at the woman's legs, except, well, she didn't have any. It wasn't that she was a para-Olympian or anything. She was a mermaid. As I trod in the water, I thrust my fingers into my ears and looked at her again. She looked different. Her face was narrow and somewhat fish-like, and her mouth was filled with sharp teeth, it appeared. Her skin seemed to have a slight green tint to it, and her fingers had sharp tips to them, almost claw-like, like a crab. I dropped below the water again, pushing myself down hard, and then pushed myself up even harder. I flew up and crested the surface and grabbed the side of the boat and hauled myself in. I sang loudly, which normally isn't good for anyone, but I did not want to hear the mermaid's voice. With my fingers stuck deep in my ears, I ran to the stern and grabbed Aidan. Now I was shouting out my song, and they swam and they swam right over the dam. Grabbing Aidan's shoulder, he turned and scowled at me. What? Put your fingers in your ears now, I screamed. Don't embarrass me, Dad. Aidan, do it now. And I pointed to the woman, the mermaid on the rock. She was furious. She opened her mouth and I heard a scream, although muffled with my fingers pushing deeper into my ears. Aidan shot back to look at the mermaid as I sang. Stop, said the mama fishy, or you will get lost. But the three little fishes didn't want to be bossed. Aidan joined in. He knew this song too. The three little fishes went out on a spree, and together we sang, and they swam and they swam right out to sea. I ran below deck and found both my headphones, my earpods, and Aidan's, and ran back on deck. Singing even louder and even more out of tune, I put my earbuds in and then pushed Aidan's into his ears. I hauled up the anchor and Aidan swung the boom around to let the sail catch some wind. 
There wasn't much, but there was just enough to pull us away as I pulled the anchor on board and tied it securely. I kept thinking our headphones would fall out of our ears and the mermaid's song would call us back. She was already swimming frantically around the boat. As we came out of the bay, the wind took hold of the sails and we took off, the bow slicing through the water. I got our phones from below deck as Aidan steered and got music playing. Aidan is pretty fancy with his Bluetooth headphones, but I'm still old-fashioned and have wires still, so I plugged the jack into my phone. I hit play. Turned out that we were both listening to The Clash, but different albums. Slowly, the wind carried us further from the mermaid and closer to the mainland. And we took our buds out. We laughed. But not because it was funny, but because we had been okay. We had not been trapped by the mermaid song to be taken below the ocean. We laughed because we were good. We had saved each other and we had had an adventure. Do you think we should tell Perry? I asked Aidan, my heart still pounding. Perry, my daughter, Aidan's sister. Nah, she wouldn't believe it anyway. She'd think we were making the story up. You know, with you being a storyteller and all that. I agreed. We talked about what had happened. And it was only by chance I had been underwater sorting out the anchor that we had been able to get away. Aidan couldn't remember what the mermaid had said to him. He told me it was like white noise. He could only remember this sound coming from her, although he could remember talking to her. As we came into the marina, dropping the sail, we turned the small outboard motor on. Only then did we feel safe and stopped looking behind us. It was quite the adventure, I have to say. We never did tell Perry, but I hope the next mermaid we see is a friendly one. What do you think the mermaid wanted with us? Do you think she might have wanted to marry my son, Aiden? What do you think she looked like? Do you think you could draw a picture of her? Or maybe draw a picture of a friendly mermaid, one who might have been friends with Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. You know, that was his story before Disney made it into a movie, right? It's a slightly different story, the real one, by Anderson. You might want to try it, or have someone read it to you. What kind of fishes do you think that you would find on the Gulf Coast where we were? My Uncle Van used to go scuba diving in the Bahamas and take photographs of sharks and the like. I wonder if he ever saw a mermaid. Well, thanks for listening to Lindy Line, a story podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. By simply subscribing and telling your friends about this podcast will help. But also, please leave a review on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to this, as it helps others find these stories. Most podcasts have advertisers. We don't. If you want to drop a price of a dog biscuit for Mo and the cost of a cup of tea for me, that would be lovely. It's hungry work in the woods. You can also become a patron and pay as little as $1 to as much as you think it was worth. If you become a Patreon patron at www.patreon.com forward slash Simon Brooks, you get extra resources and outtakes. You might even see a photo or two of Mo, my wonderful rescue dog, and photographs of our adventures together. Hashtag in the woods with Mo. Once, when all creatures could understand one another, and the realm of magic was as apparent as the swords worn, there were stories. I hope you enjoyed today's story. This is where my telling ends. <laughs>